And that's a bit of the brand new single from my guest, Corey Gallant. The song is called We Both Bleed. Uh, we're going to hear the whole song a bit later on in the show and get the story behind it. Stay tuned for that. We'll also talk a bit about Georgette Jones, uh, who has recorded a duet with Corey on his upcoming album. So exciting. I've had a chance to hear a bit of it before. It's, it's wonderful. They're two voices together. Uh, without further ado, let's welcome Corey Gallant to the show. Hey, Corey, welcome back. Hey, Dave. Great to talk to you, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Great to have you back. We've chatted on the show before. Uh, it was an awesome time. You're from O'Leary, Prince Edward Island. How are things in O'Leary? What's the musical scene like uh, in and around there? Uh, the musical scene here, it's uh, it's great. You know, um, a lot of opportunities for solo and duo stuff, especially with the Stomp and Tom Center here that opened a couple of years ago. Um, you know, great acts going in there all the time and uh, some, some dinner theaters. So there's always, it's not just a musical scene here. There's there's uh, there's theater, you know, there's singing, there's dancing, there's mm-hmm. kitchen parties, there's uh, Celtic fiddles, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little bit of yeah. everything, which is great. Did you grow up in that atmosphere? You mentioned kitchen parties, and I know a lot of people uh, in certain parts of the country, it seems, that happens for, I guess it could be anywhere, but the whole kitchen party with the music and the family uh, gathering together to sing? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what we did. You know, uh, I remember as a, as a young child, um, at, well, I shouldn't say overly young, uh, like uh, I was about 12, I guess, when I picked up the guitar, but I can still remember, you know, I'd, I'd get up out of bed, there'd be a crowd of people at the house here, and they'd want me to sing and play, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, people all hours of the night, and, and uh, just family-oriented vibe, and and um, parties, people with family would come home from away in the summertime, we'd always have banjos and fiddles and singing, and so, yeah, that was that was constant, and, and I'm pretty fortunate for that. Absolutely. I know that when you're so absorbed in music and surrounded by it like that, that you can't help but obviously want to keep doing it, and it just really instilled that love of music in you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, I, um, for, from an early age, even before I learned to play guitar, uh, I remember sitting in front of a stereo and listening to uh, George Jones and Waylon singing Amanda. You know, I'd be mesmerized by that song. Mm-hmm. I've been told, oh, and and that's, yeah. you know, before I could even remember, I'd just, when that song would come on, Amanda, I'd just stand in front of the stereo and and just listen, right? So, um, yeah. So before song, I can yeah. even remember, you know, that that was it was starting to brew. <laughs> Interesting how some of us, I mean, most of us, I guess, do like music from early age, but country music, for example. And I grew up in yeah. the city, so I wasn't in where some people typically think, although. Obviously, you can love country music anywhere you are, but um, I just discovered it. My dad loved it, but I discovered a lot of it on my own. And, yeah, I was mesmerized the the same way you said with certain artists. And uh, it's amazing how we can fall in love with music so young. That's right. I I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. Like, even my children now, my, my young daughters, they... They, uh, music is on all the time. You know, my, my oldest girl, she's 14, she goes to sleep with music on. And it's just, it, it is a great, great thing. And and it doesn't matter what genre you're into or what genre you I listen to everything. Like, I'm not just, I don't just listen to country. I like classic rock. I love, you know, Aerosmith and, and, uh, Everybody, like all the old classic rock bands, mm-hmm. I listen to that. But, oh, yeah. you know, I play and sing and write country music, which is my primary genre. So, yeah, it's not just breaking it down and being just one one type of uh, type of person or listening catalog, if you, if you will. You know, it's, it's everything. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's so much great music out there. It's, uh, you know, listen to the great music, and uh, some of it will make its way into your sound, uh, yeah. and it keeps yeah. it interesting. Uh, you mentioned George Jones. Love him, obviously. Grew up listening to him, and... Uh, yeah, incredible. Just recently talking to somebody about him and, and listening to a CD that I had rediscovered. I think it was the Bradley Barnes Sessions, if I have that name oh, correct. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, yeah, good yeah. Year for the, yeah, Good Year for the Roses, which he did with Alan Jackson on that. Alan Jackson, and yeah. just, you know, on and on. But hearing his voice again, because I guess I had heard, heard it in a little while. I hadn't th- thrown a record of his on. Um, man, what a voice he had. So much to it. Well, yeah, and, and I... You know, I I always tell the story when I do my shows now. Any solo stuff, uh, I always sing um, um, a George Jones song, and I, and I tell the story about how I met him. I, I get to meet uh, the possum back in 2005, and then sit and have a conversation with wow. him before his show at Cops Coliseum in Hamilton. And when I walked up to him, you know, um, I was shaking. I was I was I was nervous, and he was he was just standing there and. And I went and shook his hand, and I was shaking like leaf. And and uh, he said he started laughing at me, and he said, "Son," he said, "That's how I was the first time I heard I met Hank Williams." So <laughs> that wow. broke the ice. So we chatted for a good bit. And one thing I asked him, I said, "George, you know what song out of all your hits do you enjoy singing the most, or, or sticks out to you?" Or and, and you figure it would be he stopped loving her today, which is probably mm-hmm. one of the greatest country songs ever written, but. He told Absolutely. me uh, who's going to fill their shoes was was one of his favorites. So wow. I do that every show yeah. I play now. So yeah, George that had a big a impact song, yeah. on, on on shaping part of me as a musician and as part of a singer for sure. Ah, yeah, he's what a, what a great uh, person to learn from. Uh, I love his personality, um, his humor. Uh, his style and you know who's yes. going to fill their shoes I mean I've played his songs over and over many times that was one definitely got spun a lot uh, yeah, Drew, yeah. You know, he drops the names of so many you know Red Headed Stranger and Man in Black Folsom Prison Blues Luke the yeah. Drifter that's, uh, that's a classic song yeah definitely definitely and and now you know I'm trying to write one that that answers that question who's going to fill their shoes you know, I, I wanted to write that for ever since he passed away. You know, he sang "Who's Gonna Fill Their Shoes." Well, now someone to to write. Well, let's write that. Let's give him an answer to that. So that's in 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 progress. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that turns out. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Well, stay tuned for that. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> before we get to uh, <laughs> uh, the first song, uh, we both bleed. Let, from George Jones. Let's talk about Georgette Jones, of course, the daughter <laughs> of George Jones yeah. and Tammy Wynette. I interviewed her years ago. Love her voice. She's amazing. Uh, tell me she about is. this duet and just Georgette. Yeah, because she's yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. Well, I I had the privilege of of playing at a festival in New Brunswick last summer for Brian Mallory, who was a, a great singer and entertainer and accomplished artist and uh, from from the Maritimes here. And he has a personal relationship with Georgette as he toured um, with her across Canada doing the George and Tammy show. So they did all George and Tammy's songs together. So when I played there um, last summer, Georgette was the headline artist on the Saturday night. So I was on after her. So um, whenever I did my set after she was done, you know, we had, we had hung out throughout, throughout the day and and uh, you know, chatted quite a bit, and, and she met my kids, and everyone, everyone was kind of just sitting around and playing washer toss, and great, uh, great vibe. And so when I got up and did my show at the end of my show that night, she 
the, the MC came out to me and he said, do you think you're done yet? And I said, no, not by the sound of that, because I thought that that was my last song. And he said, Georgette wants to sing with you. And I was like, no way. So I turn around and she's walking out on stage and she come over and she says to me, can we sing my daddy's song, Tennessee Whiskey? Do you know it? And I'm like, do I know it? Yeah, I know it. <laughs> so I, I, I got to sing Tennessee Whiskey with Georgette. So that's how that relationship oh started goodness. as far as... Um, getting a song on this record after we were done we kept in touch and she said if i ever want to work together with her you know she was all for it so as soon as i put the email out to do a duet she was right away she said absolutely so that's how it started that is so cool what a great story you met uh george jones you know you recorded with georgette jones uh it's it's obviously meant to be with your love of country music and that's so cool so we're going to hear that duet on the upcoming album now any hints on when uh the album will be available for us <clears throat> um no hints as of yes uh the, the <laughs> single just went to radio the first single just went to radio last monday um the team and myself are talking about when uh the rec the whole record will be will be released so i mean it, it's coming but i i think the the easiest thing for me to say right now is just, <clears throat> excuse me, keep an eye out on the Facebook pages and the social media sites, uh, my website, and as soon as it's, a decision is made and I know, then every all of you will know. Perfect. All right, we will stay tuned for that for that uh, announcement. Can't wait. In the meantime, as you said, we have the first single to listen to and enjoy. Again, because uh, uh, I've done this for other songs, of course, I have our listeners contact their local country station, say you want to hear this, wherever you are yeah. listening, your local country station, and uh, that makes a big difference. So the song is called We Both Bleed. Uh, yeah. Tell me about the song. Well, this song was pitched to me by two fantastic songwriters from Nashville, um, when I went into the studio originally, to, to, when this idea started to <clears throat> shape, um, I wanted to go in and record a full-length album of all my own material. And um, once I, I had probably about 75 to 80 songs that were pitched to me between my originals and stuff that was sent to me. And that was directly from meeting writers from the CCMAs last year and keeping those relationships and keeping in contact. And, you know come to find out very soon that a whole record of my own stuff was not the way to do it you know there's it was it wouldn't be the best 10 or 11 songs that i could possibly put out there for my first record so it was getting these songs from other writers and and thankfully i was introduced to trey bruce uh who's a writer out of nashville and uh he i mean he's written uh, he wrote Look Heart No Hands for Randy Travis, which was uh, number one. Uh, he wrote mm -hmm. um, That's How Your Love Makes Me Feel for Diamond Rio, which went number one. So he penned this song, uh, We Both Bleed, along with Chris Jansen, who is another, I mean, he's an absolute monster artist in the States that everybody oh, would amazing. know. Um, you know, but come Buy Me a Boat would be one of his, his bigger hits. Fix so Chris also wrote this with Trey, and, and it's funny because when they, when they sent me the song, Chris was actually singing the demo, so it was pretty intimidating listening to it because it was so good, you know. Uh, so anyway, as soon as I heard it, it just something it it just stood out above everything else. There was something about it, just the story and the melody and the chord progression. And even my daughter, my daughter listened to a lot of them too, and she's into the music and starting to really take an interest. And she said, "Dad, there's something about that song. We both bleed." So. When we headed in the studio, we demoed it up quick with, with the boys and, and uh, 
we knew it was something special. So I knew right away that it was going on the record. Not so much at the time that was going to be the first single, but as as we finished the record and started listening to it over and over again and talking and throwing ideas back and forth, um, it is the perfect song to begin with. And it's the first song on the CD when you buy the CD, so it's the first thing you're going to hear. Perfect. Great, great introduction to your music, Corey. Let's hear it now on the show. This is Corey Gallant, and we both bleed on In the Country. Missing a crucial link Give me a mile of rope I'll hang myself In the first two feet They say she's a normal one Don't know what she sees in me A born dreamer Healing, afflicted Convicted to fixing things we are one after all when she cries my tears flow when i'm hanging my air she hits her Every time I
And that is Corey Gallant from PEI and his single out of radio now called We Both Bleed. The uh, album will be out uh, at some point in the future. Stay tuned for that announcement on his social media sites. We'll talk um, about songwriting right now, Corey. Yeah. Uh, you do a lot of songwriting. Tell me uh, about your process, how you think of songwriting, how you approach it. Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I, I write a lot as much as I can, and, and I, over the, especially in the last probably three years, um, I did. I played in a bar band in a tribute show for the ten years when I was younger, and we traveled all the time doing doing those two shows, and I was always singing other people's stuff. So I, I wasn't really in that mind frame of songwriting at the time. I had written a, a little bit from. Uh, I went to Nashville prior to that and did a bit of writing, but it was nothing really, nothing concrete or, or overly serious. Um, and then when we, I moved back to PEI from Ontario, and this was 11 years ago now, and I kind of took a hiatus from the music a little bit and went back to school and got my um, my paramedic diploma. So I'm a full-time am, uh, paramedic here in Prince Edward Island. So I've been doing that right for on. 10 years. It's just over the last few years yep. that I started to really sit and try and, and write and um i wrote a, a few songs and and never really got into the co-writing aspect of things but my my process for writing was was frustrating to say the least by times you know uh, i'd sit down and, and want to write something and and it'd just be an hour of crumpling paper and and thinking everything sounds the same and and getting frustrated and writing right. block but it it is really an art that you know some people just have it and and some people work at it and for most of us i believe it is a work in progress forever you know you can you, you can always improve and there's always uh room for improvement and and that's with me i mean i mm-hmm. i go in usually usually i i think of a melody before i think of the lyrics i i put the lyrics to a melody that that i've already formed um i've just recently started collaborating and started uh co-writing with other people now when we were out on our last tour um, about a month ago, we were out in the U.S. and, and out in B.C. doing some shows. My manager and uh, my guitar player, Roland Bolia from Charlottetown, he travels with me as well. We we sat and we wrote one together, and uh, so starting to get into that a little bit more. And then with with the the relationships from writers from out west and that, that I've made, and uh, you know, going to try and do that more as well with the with the the accessibility of social media and having Skype and, and being able to do it that way as well. But I wouldn't mm-hmm. say I have a, a specific method of writing. Um, some songs have come out in, you know, 15 minutes, and some have taken, there's one song that took me eight years before I finished it, right? So it, it really is <laughs> wow. quite a thing when, when, you, when you sit and think about it, uh, yeah. how, how the process works. I have one song I have on, the record, on this record is called Where You Come From, and I wrote that probably about five years ago, and um, I wrote that one on my own, and it's the only song on the record that's just mine. But I'm pretty proud of it because it talks about growing up in Prince Edward Island and the small town where I'm from, and it really sums it up when it says uh, where you come from because that's what it talks about. Always remember where you come from. Mm-hmm. Great message, right? No matter where we go in the world, uh, yeah, remember our roots. It's a good, that's right, great yeah. thing to... to to do and to uh, to be reminded of, which your that song and of course country music does it. So many life lessons and reminders about like humble and kind. Uh, good example oh, yeah. written by Laurie McKenna, Tim McGraw. Uh, 
I, I love hearing that song. It's just so warm, and uh, it's it's an amazing message in it. It is, and that's what country music is. You know, it's it's telling stories, and it's it's uh, it's relaying that message and about uh, love and life and heartache and heartbreak and drinking, and mm-hmm. it's. I yep. mean, the possibilities are endless of, of what you can write about, and it's just right from the heart, and that's what exactly. I love about country. Not saying that other genres aren't, but um, for me, that's where that's my happy spot is sitting and trying to write a country song. So it's kind of like you said, other genres are amazing, but country's specialty is that uh, uh, telling stories and life lessons, and it has something obviously specific. It does. Uh, I've been, yeah, I've been a country fan since I was a kid, uh, and there's so much to enjoy. So many different styles of country, right? You've got the blues, country. You've got country rock, country pop. But so, so much variety. Yeah, I mean, country pop has kind of taken the the mainstream over for the last couple of years, and it's it's great. I mean, Luke mm-hmm. Bryan and Florida George Line and and uh, great stuff. But I really feel like yep. if if I was to sum my my sound up. It, it is more of the the nineties. Uh, like I, um, I was, I really cut my teeth on nineties country music. The Travis Tritt and Alan Jackson, George oh, Strait, yeah. you know, um, yep. Garth Brooks. And I think that's more of my style. Is is that nineties sound and the outlaw sound um, more raw? Um, Luke Combs and Chris Stapleton. I really feel that this transitioning back over to that sound with the help of Luke Combs and Chris Stapleton. I mean, just just by Luke Combs. You know, doing the reboot with Brooks and Dunn. I've had people come up oh, to me yeah. here, younger people come up to me and say, uh, Did you hear that new Luke Combs song? And I'm like, Okay, which one? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the, the one they do with Brooks and Dunn. I said, Well, why don't you go back to the early 90s and type in Brooks and Dunn and, and you're going to find that as their song. <laughs> right? So it's great that That's hilarious. people like Luke Combs and, and uh, Stapleton are, are bringing that sound back. Absolutely, two great examples, uh, and I think the song that uh, Luke and Brooks and Dunn do is "Brand New Man." Um, New Man, yeah. And Put my mind Luke, there for a second. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Every song that Luke Holmes has had out is just so country, uh, so cool, and yeah. you know, and that's that's what happened with Randy Travis, as you recall back. I think it was the late '80s when Randy Travis came on the scene and, and kind of brought back that traditional country sound. Then, of course, you had we had Travis Tread and we had Clint Black, and, and on and on. Just that whole, as you mentioned, the '90s was just an incredible time in country music and it had a specific well, sound to it. But we yeah, had uh, you know, Lone Star it, 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 and on and I on. mean, it's strange when you really think about the the 80s and 90s in country because 80s you, you had like randy travis come in and really change an era of music there right and then when mm-hmm. you get to the 90s garth brooks come in and just totally wiped everybody else out and you know this is how country music yep. is now and then everybody tried to somewhat emulate garth brooks because he, he changed that that's right he changed the whole era of music once again in my mind right so, no, totally. and I really yeah, think stage performances. I, I really shows. think, uh, like I said, Luke Combs and Stapleton are really are are bringing are, are kind of kind of following that. And and at this at this time, you know, they're they're uh, with their stuff that they're putting out is really kind of bringing back that roots, that raw outlaw mm-hmm. raw mm-hmm. country traditional sound. Yeah, I think it just takes a couple of artists if they do really well, like Luke has done and Chris, obviously, uh, yeah. to sort of start a pattern in people saying, hey, you know, because people listening to country radio love that stuff, but if they don't get it and it doesn't get played, then, you know, they're not going to enjoy it, obviously. But when it's out there, exactly. it does well. And 
then, yeah. like you said, more artists come along doing that. So I kind of like that, and I do like the variety. But um, as you said, that 90s period was a great time. So I welcome more Luke Combs and more Chris Staples, yeah. and that style is great. And Tim McGraw yeah. will never go to style for me. No, that's right. That's right. They'll always they'll always be uh, they'll always be a staple in in the country music world, which they should be, you know. And it's uh, it's people like us that are coming up behind that are trying to, to make that mark as well. Now, when you're doing your shows, aside from your original songs, Corey, uh, what covers are you known for? Like you mentioned, you did tribute shows before. Uh, what covers yeah. do you do that, and the covers that always go over well for you with the crowd? Well, we went out on tour um, a couple of months ago. We were gone for for about 12 days. Uh, we did seven shows in two countries in in, in 12 days. And I took uh, my my band is called the Red Dirt Posse, and I named that band. Nice. Um, my guitar player is from Prince Edward Island. We're we're using when we were in the states, we were using guys from Seattle uh, that come in and play with us. And then when we went to BC, we used a couple of boys from uh, Kamloops. So um, I called the Red Dirt Posse because of the Red Dirt of Prince Edward Island, and Posse just kind of came to mind because of the genre and the, the kind of music that I listened to growing up with the Waylon Jennings especially. Um, so that's where that, that, that name come from for the band. So when we went out on tour, um, we had our set list of, of all the stuff because we were really trying to push the songs on the record. Even though the record wasn't released and there was no songs on radio, we wanted to get out and get people hearing the music live before we put it out. That was just a, I mean, it might be a little unorthodox or a little different style than what, or different way of doing things than 99% of all the other artists, but that's something that I was, we were capable of doing, so I wanted to give that a shot, right? Get out there and start meeting some people and mm-hmm. and uh, playing the songs live for them before they even got the record. And, and, and um, so we did the songs on the record and then, we did throw some some uh, covers in there as well, and and the ones we went for was, I did a real good man from Tim McGraw, and we did a brand new man, yep. and we did uh, should have been a cowboy, which is one I do all the time. It's Toby Keith, nice. Uh, Toby Keith, boy, is a great tune, yeah. And Love then we also did Waylon's uh, "Ain't Living Long Like This," and Chris Jansen actually did a great cover of it. If you if you type in Chris Jansen "Ain't Living Long Like This." Uh, he done one of the best covers I ever heard of that song. So those were the four covers we threw in, and they went over great. I mean, everybody could sing along, so it was good. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Great, great variety of covers. Uh, have you thought, given thought now, of course, you, you've done this duet with Georgette. Uh, do you have on your radar, on your uh, uh, dream list, so to speak, Corey, any future duet partners, anybody you'd love to uh, be paired with in the studio or at a live show? Um, I haven't really put much thought into that uh, as of right now. Uh, we're doing, um, we're doing. I'm, I'm playing a festival here in, in Cape in Cape Tormentine again this year with uh, Charlie Pride's son Dion. Uh, he's going to be the headliner for that show. And oh, nice. when we leave again, we're taking off again in August, and we're doing a show, some a couple of shows with uh, Way Jennings, who was Waylon's grandson. So. We're going to be opening for them in Portland, Oregon. So um, that's going to be pretty cool to to be a part of that. And, Very cool. And sit with Way and and hear some stories and and. Uh, but as far as as in the studio or or doing live, um, I mean any one of 
obviously, uh, you know, if I had a chance to do a duet with Terry Clark or Michelle Wright or Patricia Conroy, any of the the the, the legends, you know, or even yes. a Charlie Major or or uh, yeah, any of the legends. I mean, Paul Brandt. Any collaboration with any of those folks would be probably a dream of mine, you know. Um, because I listened to them growing up. I got to sing, when we were at the CCMA last year on the Legends show, I got to do My Heart is a History from Paul Brandt. So, and I remember I, I sang that song mm-hmm. as a young guy in talent competitions here. Right, so to be able to sing that and and, and uh, just a song like that from a, from a Canadian country icon, it was it was pretty special. Yeah. So yeah, any, anything with, that was, with those ladies or gents. That was amazing. Phenomenal. Yeah, that was amazing because I was going to ask you about that at some point. You brought it up, the Legends show, uh, Hamilton CCMA's 2018. Uh, yeah. And you had a chance, as you said, to perform that Paul Brandt song and then to be in the company of all the legends, some of them young legends on the stage, you know, Terry Clark and Michelle Wright. Um, and I love the concept of that show where they paired the uh, newer artist with a legend, like I said, a Jason McCoy, some of these are young legends. Sometimes we picture a legend as being much older, right. but uh, I was just sort yeah. of that experienced artist and uh, a newer artist on the scene. And I just love, I love the continuity in country music, just over the years how, you you know, George Jones and then Tracy Bird comes along or Mark Chestnut and how they're kind of connected. Yeah. And so they did that with the legend show. In, uh, it was in incredible. I mean, it, it, and, and just show, go, goes to show how, how much of a family vibe Canadian country music is I mean this uh, I was the new guy on the, on the the scene there last year by winning this competition and the minute I got there I was welcomed you know just like I was part of the family for years um and and the way they did that show with pairing the people up it was it was fantastic you know Aaron Goodwin was on the mm-hmm. show JJ Shiplett Chad Brownlee um Jess Moskaluke you know so all the all the newer established Canadian country artists, and then and then they had the legends along with the two, and then all of us getting to sing yeah. uh, better things to do with Terry at the end. It was yeah. probably one of the, the greater musical moments of of my life, really. Something that I'll never forget. Uh, as we get set to wrap up this great conversation, Corey. I wanted to ask you if you had any um, wishes musically for this year or a year ahead going into 2020. Uh, obviously, the uh, album is coming out, but is there anything you want to achieve with your music career, any moments you want to see happen for you over the next year? Well, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think when it comes down to what every artist wants to be successful uh, with their material and with their with their career and I don't I mean I'm not just talking financially here when I say that I mean my goal is to put this record out and over the next eight months to a year before we go in and make the next record I want you know I would love to see people embrace it and and uh, you know obviously would love to see we both bleed do well um, on the charts and yep. on the radio and but my main thing and, and and I always said this I love to entertain it's I love to travel and go and play shows. And if I can get out there and make new fans and and meet new people and entertain people and send people home after my show, um, enjoying what they've seen and and you know uh, just having them come and spend their hard-earned money to come and see us play, it's very gratifying for me. And I just hope I can give that in return. So I think the main thing is to. Uh, 
is is to build a fan base and and have people want me back and want us back the band because we were very well received mm-hmm. uh received when we went in the last tour and we're doing a lot of them places again uh due to uh people asking us back there so i think that's great. That is very satisfying, very gratifying that people want to see us again. Um, I just noticed today, you know, the the single went to social media today, all social media platforms. So, and I looked, and we both bleed is sitting at number fifty eight on the iTunes charts for Canada, and awesome. one of the only two indie artists on the top one hundred from what I could find. So, right on. I mean, you know, I, I had to sit down and take that in for a minute. So. I really feel that uh, we have something special here with this record, and my main goal was to make a record where where you start and you listen to the whole thing. When you get to the end, you want to start it again. And I'm getting a lot of feedback that that's the case with this record because all the songs are so great from these these uh, amazing writers. So I think that's the main goal is to stay busy and meet new people and build that fan base and, and go and, and put the music out there for them. That's incredible. It's uh, it's a great plan, and you're doing so well so far, so great uh, with the album uh, coming out in the near future, which we're going to stay tuned to your social media sites for to get that announcement. Uh, in the meantime, we have We Both Bleed, which we heard earlier in the show. That is out now, as you said. It's doing incredibly well, and it's just started because it just released. So I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing that song do uh, continue to do well for you. Corey, and thanks so much for being here. It's, uh, it's always great to chat, and uh, we'll do so again in the future. I look forward to it, Dave. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. From O'Leary, Prince Edward Island, my guest has been Corey Gallant. I'm Dave Woods, and that'll wrap up this edition of In the Country.